0: Welcome to CoinDesk's Women Who Web3 podcast, your weekly podcast celebrating women supporting women, investing in women, and bridging the gender gap in wealth through Web3. What gets you up in the morning? What motivates you and drives you? Two of the reasons that are very near and dear to my heart is that Web3 needed more women, and it was just not user-friendly. Each week, we'll be learning from powerful women sharing their insights on topics. I guess everybody was shocked that I left Amazon to go to a startup. There was an article that was published. I think it was in the New York Times. And we ended up getting, I don't know, 1,500 job applicants. And we have how-tos from founders and builders who have been there and done that. And Cam, when we looked at them, only 2% were women. He was a huge fan of my show. And he was like a little bit starstruck when he was asked to be on the show. I had this sinking feeling because I was like, oh boy, he's not going to like me after this interview because I had all of these tough questions for him. (laughs) Healing sessions to give you the power to overcome imposter syndrome and everything you need to level up in your crypto journey. The soulful expression that I was seeing and how people were authentically exuding their true self. At the end of each podcast, stick around for some Zen with a relaxing meditation to center you after absorbing all the stories and the knowledge. Remember, always look to the sky above, earth below and the fire within. Hi, and welcome to Women Who Web 3, it's your girl, Kim. On this week's show, we're talking about blockchain technology and cybersecurity and how to protect yourself as you navigate the wide, wild world of Web 3 technologies and communities. Why we want to talk about this today is it's just so important. You probably see this in the news all the time. Crypto hack, scam, this and that. And crypto hackers stole over $3 billion this year 2022. In these transactions, though, hackers are exploiting companies through many nefarious ways, compromise private keys, hackers finding holes in the company's security that come from just a blatant disregard for extra layers of protection, or just companies just figuring out how to navigate blockchain technology. Hackers take advantage of these small flaws, code changes, and of people who just don't understand how to engage in communities, for example, Discord hacks. but Web3 companies are not the only victims of cyber attack. Web3 is just more transparent, where we hear more about them because communication on the blockchain is much more public and we're able to see them. But Web2 companies, massive companies like JP Morgan, Chipotle, Home Depot, and even Google have been hacked in the past, compromising millions, millions of users' data and financial information, resulting in a lot of more money lost. However, in March 2022, Forbes Technology Council published an article titled How Blockchain Could Revolutionize Cybersecurity. We'd love to learn more about this. And we'd like to help arm you with the means to protect yourself with the information you need to take advantage of Web3 technologies and thrive and flourish in those communities without having to worry or fear or have some anxiety about whether or not you're safe. So, here today, we have the perfect guest. Limaris is an award-winning cybersecurity and blockchain engineer. She's currently a security advisor at Halborn and teaches a course, I think I believe it's like the first course, on blockchain and smart contract security at Sands Institute. Welcome, Limares.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here today with you, CamS.
0: I oh, I've been waiting for this. We've been talking back and forth and and I'll share a little bit more about uh, what me and Limares have been talking about on this podcast. But Limares, everybody is wondering, you're incredible, you're a woman in tech, you're a Latina in tech, leading the way on cybersecurity and blockchain technology. What gets you up in the morning?
1: I think there's a lot of things that get me up in the morning. Part of it is uh, knowing that all these scammers are out there and hurting different people and all these hackers are out there. And so part of it, I think, is the sheer anxiety. <laughs> of being a security person in blockchain. I think part of it is also knowing that we can make a difference and help all of these people. And personally, what gets me up in the morning is probably just, you know, the sun rose again. It's, it's simple, but it's dependable. And I'm always excited to write myself a new and exciting day.
0: That's beautiful. Uh, very positive outlook on life, especially uh, helping secure everyone and helping them stay safe in navigating technology. So this article was really intriguing to me, and I've never had the chance to actually investigate anything about it. Can blockchain technology actually revolutionize cybersecurity? What's your take on that? I don't
1: think blockchain's going to save the world. That's my unpopular opinion. But I think it is a really cool technology that will help us change different processes or make data transparent in a way that maybe it wasn't before. Uh, cybersecurity is not too different on blockchain than it is from Web three. Just like physical security is not also too different. Um, the code itself and the languages that we use for programming might be a little different. The architecture might be a little different, but in its essence, it's still the same mindset that you need for cybersecurity for both. Um, there are definitely more financial impacts on blockchain just because blockchain is mostly <laughs> finance right now, but I think that I'm excited to see what we can do. One of the revolutionary things about blockchain is that it is transparent. So when people do get hacked or when organizations or DAOs or marketplaces or exchanges get hacked, everybody knows about it. Versus you might be, you know, visiting a hospital regularly that you had no idea if they've been hacked or not. Or you might be visiting... Any private company that you shop at all the time, and you also have no idea that your information is at risk. So I I like that it gives us visibility into what's going on. Transparency is my favorite thing about blockchain.
0: Yes. I absolutely love transparency and the public nature of blockchain, where we can see transactions, which also lends itself to being able to have the, the mechanisms in place to catch people who hack. Something I wanted to touch on was so people who are listening to this podcast, They might be wondering, like, how can I actually build my community? How can I build my project with security at the forefront? What is your advice for those people who are are thinking about security and how they can better secure their code, their communities and their projects?
1: Yeah, I would say it's not too hard. The fact that you're already thinking that way is a win. So I'd say start with the basics, right? Start with security in mind and make sure that you're always building with security in mind. Number 1 thing that you can do is educate yourself because you don't know what you don't know and you might be a superstar developer but you might not be a security person and that's okay you know some of the best doctors in the world are garbage mechanics we're not all meant to know everything so i'd say if you're on blockchain the first thing that you really need to focus on is key management and custody right we say not your keys not your cash and we've seen that happen recently unfortunately due to some exchanges going down people who did store their their currency, the cryptocurrencies and their digital assets on an insecure or previously trusted exchange no longer have access to it. So the first step is proper custody, proper key management. So start with a ledger maybe, or maybe a multi-sig, depending on whatever your project needs are. Make sure that it's a need to know or need to access basis and make sure that you are not storing your keys on a text file <laughs> on your laptop, please. Maybe put them somewhere a little bit more secure, depending on how advanced you are. You might want to use a vendor for key management and custody stuff, but um, Also, make sure that you are securing the devices that you're working with, right? We've seen this happen time and time again, where we have this digital nomad lifestyle within the crypto community. And it's amazing. I personally benefit a lot from it. But if you're constantly traveling, it might be worth investing in a VPN. It might be worth encrypting your hard drive in case you do lose your laptop. You don't lose everything that you had stored on it. It's definitely worth having mobile device security, two-factor authentication, UB keys. You know, start with the basics and then find a security advisor to help you along the way as you mature, come up with different goals to help you build with security
0: in mind. That's incredible. And I as you were talking, I was like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. <laughs> when Limaris is talking about a ledger, for example, that is a physical wallet or what we call it kind of looks like a usb drive it's offline so it's much more secure recently i heard that they they could possibly be hacked but it's super 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 not almost not possible so definitely invest in those if you guys are keeping your your crypto on an exchange as what she was mentioning an exchange isn't yours it belongs to someone else and so if your money is there it's not like keeping your money in a bank by the way it's very They're
1: different. not FDIC insured at all, yeah. Yes. And the other thing is with the hardware wallet, the cool thing is it's offline if it's not in use, meaning it's not connected to the internet unless it's connected to the internet. So it's not impossible, but it's very, very, very difficult and the likelihood is very low that your wallet is going to be attacked if it's not connected to the internet versus if you use the hot wallet or um, a web browser extension like MetaMask or something, then at that point you your wallet is always online. Your money is always online. Your internet browser can get hacked on your personal laptop and your keys can be harvested. There's there's a lot of different vulnerabilities that can exist there. And while these wallet companies are very proactive about security, they're very good about fixing these things, you just never know when the next zero day is going to come. So my advice is always, if it's not actively in use, if you're not a trader, if you're not moving from point A to point B, just make sure it's offline so it's unreachable.
0: Yes. And... I wanted to touch on your, your advice to invest or not. And you don't, know, sometimes VPNs are free, but VPNs are very helpful. As she mentioned, especially when you're a remote worker, a lot of us are working remotely. Um, and basically it tricks, you know, it can trick hackers to think you're somewhere else or something like that. Um, so you set a location of where you are. It just is very helpful for covering your, your... it's just super effective to do that. Often when you're traveling, um, you don't have access to secure Wi-Fi, and so just making sure the the Wi-Fi is secure where you're going as well. But yeah, the uh, is Oh, so many, so many great tips. Yeah, and um, just
1: explain the VPN there. Um, yeah, let me put it to you this way: public Wi-Fi is like drinking water out of a public toilet bowl. We don't do that. We simply don't do that. It is gross. It is dirty. It's full of viruses. Anybody just yeah, it's gross. So what we want to do, the VPN is like a life filter. It filters through all the garbage. Okay. So when you connect to nasty public Wi-Fi, you want to use protection and the VPN is your protection to keep you safe from all the garbage around you. Okay. It can change your location depending on what VPN you connect to, but more importantly, we're using it for privacy because anybody on public Wi-Fi can see anything you're doing. So if you connect to Starbucks Wi-Fi or hotel Wi-Fi or conference Wi-Fi regularly, I can be sitting not too far from you with a tool called Wireshark, just capturing all of the magic signals happening through thin air and be seeing things like what websites you're logging into and capture your passwords and whatnot. So
0: just, you know, use VPNs when traveling, please. Thank you. Yeah, I thought of so many other and I was like, let's let's not do that on the podcast right now. But wow, (laughs) really great, um, really great insight, especially to help us picture what that's like. So you mentioned they could get a security advisor. Do they need to hire security advisors or specialized blockchain engineers in order to secure their communities? Or is there someone, is there somewhere they can go and they just like, hey, I need a security advisor to help me secure my project?
1: <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to shill Holborn here. You know, my favorite security firm personally. If you need a security advisor, your big or little project, feel free to reach out to us. We could do everything from cloud security assessments to smart contract audits to physical security to helping you build with security in mind, training your employees on security awareness, risk assessment. You know, we are a full spectrum cybersecurity company that has a blockchain practice, among other practices. And we like to say we're securing the convergence between web two and web three. So you would have two options. You could either hire a security person from the start, whenever you start building out your project, or you can contact a security advisor from multiple different vendors, your favorite, you know, right here. And oh, people can't see this, but you know, the logo's right over my head. You can hit me up on LinkedIn and be like, hey, I need help. And you know, we can set up a chat and we can discuss. Otherwise, there's a plethora of vendors. I would just make sure that you know what you need. Don't just reach out and say, I think I need security. Make sure you know what direction you're building in. Make sure you know what's valuable to you so that when you come to me and we have that conversation, you can say, hey, I have this thing that I really want to protect. And then I can design something that works around what's most valuable to you and what works for you without compromising productivity too much.
0: Thank you for sharing and chilling. Um, so I, there was something that uh, comes up a lot and uh, we hear about like hackers and we hear the terms black hat and white hat hacking, which kind of just makes me say, like, think of like Harry Potter and Gandalf. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not, <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with that. Can you share with us, what is black hat a uh, hacking versus white hat hacking?
1: Yeah. So black hat hacking tends to be like the evil cyber criminals. They can be nation state actors, meaning sponsored by nation states. They can be criminal groups. They can be scammers. Essentially, anything that is malicious is considered black hat kind of like in um if you're a big nerd like me in, in wizardry whenever you have a black hat it means you're you're gandalf the bad <laughs> and then um whenever there's a white hat it means you're, you're you're gandalf the white so you're you're gandalf the good a white hat means an ethical hacker or a professional cybersecurity person who tests with the most important word here in 2022 is consent we Test with consent of our clients, our clients are aware, our clients engaged us, and we are fully transparent and disclose all vulnerabilities. We are not out here to hurt anybody. Our goal is to help make systems more secure, and our goal is to harden systems.
0: Uh, okay. So black hats take advantage of vulnerabilities. White hats are like, "Hey, here are all your vulnerabilities. Let's fix this."
1: Yeah, White <laughs> hats help people, and black hats
0: hurt people. Okay. Thank you so much for explaining that for us. I know I, I, that was one of the questions that I was asked when I asked, What should I ask a security advisor?
1: And <laughs> of course, of course. We're defense against the dark arts. That's what we do.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Loving all the Harry Potter. I'm a huge fan. Join me at Coindesk Consensus 2023, where Web3 meets IRL, happening April 26th through 28th in Austin, Texas. Consensus is the industry's only event bringing together all sides of crypto, web3 and the metaverse. Immerse yourself in all that blockchain technology has to offer among creators, builders, founders, brands, entrepreneurs, investors and more. Use code WEB3WOMEN to get 15% off your pass. Visit events.coindesk.com/consensus2023. So before our chat, Limaris, we we were talking on Telegram, and you brought up a topic that I care about so much. I'm currently a mentor for multiple women, men, but mainly women who are trying to transition to the UX field. And a lot of them are not able to find mentors to help them out. And so they come to our mentorship platform. So I'm an advocate for these women, especially when they want to lead. This means celebrating women, cheering them on. But unfortunately, you know, there's a lack of Latina, Black, Asian, like BIPOC, all sorts of people who are historically excluded, who are left out in tech and left out in Web3, and we want to help lift them up. So essentially, collaboration versus competition. Let's chat about it. You had mentioned something funny in our, in our chat, but would love to hear your thoughts on this. And bringing more Latinas into tech, especially.
1: (laughs) I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but this is definitely something I'm passionate about. And what I tend to find is there's not a lot of women in this space. And unfortunately, there's a few that I encounter that are amazing, that are very collaborative, that are very community over competition. And I love that. And then there's a few that, you know, are kind of like, why are you tearing other women down in your industry? Like, there's not enough of us as it is. We should not be. Judging each other, we should not be fostering competition within each other. You know, the only person you need to compete with is the person you were yesterday. And there's more than enough room for all of us here. There's more than enough room for all of us to thrive here. And also, there's this whole thing that's like, oh, but you're not really a woman in tech because you're doing X job instead of Y job. And it's like, listen, um, yes, there's not a lot of female engineers. But it's nice to see representation in a company, regardless of if it's in a UX role, in a sales role, in a marketing role, in an HR role. If we work for a tech company, then part of inclusion is having women join tech companies, right? So it's it's nice. It's definitely something I look for. I look for allies. I look for companies wherever I'm deciding where to work. And I want to make sure that there's women in leadership, that there's representation, with Latina specifically it's so hard because i feel like it's not a glamorous job and our culture tells us like no you have to do like stereotypical gender role type jobs for us so like i i was told growing up a bunch of times by different people like oh so what are you going to be like a nurse a, a lawyer uh and, like, nobody ever said a computer engineer right um and the telenovelas we watched growing up the girls are never, ever computer engineers. Like, what was that one that was, whatever, anyway, I watched too many telenovelas growing up. But the girls on the telenovelas are never computer wizards, right? So we, we tend to glamorize and we tend to look up to the girls who were poor and were rescued by a rich man instead of glamorizing, you know, the the you can do anything that you want. If that's what makes you happy, great. And if something else makes you happy, that's good too. Go, go chase that dream.
0: Thank you. What a beautiful comparison of the culture. I often talk about how we're socialized by, by mediums, by TVs, as you mentioned, telenovelas. And when we're constantly shown an image of who we can be and people who look like us doing certain actions, we think, oh, I can do that. And when we don't see those women who are in cybersecurity like yourself, we don't even think about that being in the realm of what we can do
1: to quote the great Sofia Vergara, I speak with an accent, I don't think with an accent. And you have no idea how smart I am in my native language. I think a lot of women are held back or are shy or intimidated or discriminated against, especially Latinas, because we do speak with heavy accents. And I worked hard to get rid of mine. But whatever, the point is, we speak with accents, we don't think with them. And so we just need to learn to be confident as well.
0: Love that. Limares, you are the perfect person to advise the women listening to this call, whether they're Latina, Black, they're little girls listening here. What advice do you have for women to get into cybersecurity, to break into tech? What does that path look like?
1: Of course. So I'd say start where you are. Start wherever you are and start with what you like. You know, Kamala, you, you don't have to be the best coder in the world to work in tech. And you can influence tech. Like you're an amazing UX designer and you design interfaces that I interact with every single day without necessarily having to code, right? And so some UX people do code, some UX people don't code, but there's a lot of value in the science and the psychology behind how users experience and interface with computer protocols. So start with where you are, start with what you like and what you're passionate about. If you're a salesperson, you can transition into tech sales. You can learn. It's it's not too hard. If I can do it, you can do it. If you're someone who really wants to be an engineer, there's several avenues you can take. So I would say if you want to do cyber specifically, SANS has this Women's Immersion Academy where we give scholarships for uh, women who are wanting to transition to a cybersecurity career, but have absolutely no experience in cybersecurity. One of the students I met, she was incredible. She used to be an art dealer, run an art gallery, essentially. And she joined the program and now she works as a cybersecurity analyst. So. There's plenty of opportunities out there. Look for mentorship. Start with where you are. Start with where you know. YouTube University can be a great resource if you're starting from scratch. We can do things like boot camps. You can look for women's scholarships. There's a lot of opportunities out there and there's a lot of people that want to help out there. So I would just say, make a plan and start. Time is going to pass anyway, regardless of if you do or you don't. So you might as well write yourself a cool story.
0: Imaris, what are your top tips for helping women protect themselves while navigating Web3 technologies and communities?
1: Ooh, this is a very interesting topic. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm constantly complaining about things that are inappropriate and being sent to me. And there's a lot of people out there harassing the few women in, in the space. So, as a woman that wants to integrate but stay safe, I would say for the women who want to integrate into Web3, I'd say decide first if you want to be a public or private persona. If you want to be a public persona, that's okay, nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that you're very careful about what you're posting online. Maybe don't post as many pictures of your house so that people can't tell where you live. Maybe don't post every minute of your life so people can find you if they were to want to. You know, there's a lot of creeps out there and there's a lot of stalkers. And if you're a private person, then you know that that solves half the battle there because just be very careful and conscious of what you're posting online. Um you can choose to be an anonymous persona or you can choose to be your own persona on a private account, or you can choose to be your own persona as like a celebrity account. Definitely have a hardware wallet. Definitely use two-factor authentication, multi-factor authentication, wherever you possibly can, especially on exchanges and stuff. Be careful who you accept messages from on different things like Telegram and Discord and Twitter, because there are a lot of viruses going around. There are a lot of scams going around. So be very careful what you click on. My general rule is if I wasn't expecting it, I won't engage with it, and if it doesn't look very trustworthy, it probably isn't very trustworthy. Also, if it's too good to be true, like free money, it also probably is. So, follow other people who know what they're doing and try to take their advice. You know, I follow a lot of people on Twitter whenever I'm trying to find out and research new protocols. Ask your friends, right? Think before you click, when in doubt send it out, ask your community if they what their thoughts are in different regards to different protocols that you might be trying to engage with. And generally speaking, you know, if you're going to go to a conference, I'm sorry in advance. (laughs) I've been there, done that. It can be rough sometimes. Other times it's great. Let someone know where you're going to be at all times. And you can always come up to me and ask me if I know where Angie is. That is our girl code secret talk for send help. There's a creeper following me. So if you see me around, you know, uh, establish like your little girl tribe community. And also work with your male allies. I don't think it needs to be a woman or a man, this or the other. I, I'm really excited to coexist in a space where I am welcome for the most part. And I try to focus on those allies that want me there and empower me. And more than anything, ask, 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 ask.
0: Love all the treasures you're dropping. And I love that code. When you're in a, when you're in a girl tribe, you can create a code together. That way you can feel more comfortable talking in the public. Um, if, if that person is right next to you, for example. And you want a way out. That's just good in general. And not just with crypto and Web 3 <laughs> Thank you so much, Limaris. Uh, you have dropped so much, so, so much knowledge. And I hope everyone's taking notes and everybody's listening to literally an expert in security and protecting yourselves. Limaris, let everybody know where they can find you. Of course.
1: So I am Limaris T at Twitter. I am, I think I'm Limaris at LinkedIn. I'm Limaris Torres on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I'm Limaris T on Telegram. So pretty much own my name almost everywhere. So feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or on LinkedIn. If you have any questions, um, visit our website, hallborn.com to learn more about our different security services. And I'm just, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to help.
0: Thank you so much, Limaris. <laughs> this week's meditation is an intentional exercise of breathing and focusing on you and the power of writing your own story settle into a comfortable seated position head and neck align over the spine your arms are relaxed and hands rest in your lap scan your entire body and just become aware of any places in your body that are tense use the breath to relax Inhale, relax the jaw. The shoulders relax down the back. The belly relaxes. Allow the hips to sink heavier into the area beneath you. Good. Focus on breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. We'll do a little breathing exercise together. Breathe in for three counts and exhale for six counts. Ready? Inhale, two, three. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Good, let's do two more. Inhale, two, three. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, two, three. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Good, continue breathing just like that as we chat a little bit about the power of writing your own story. Our brain is a powerful storyteller. Our thoughts have the power to influence our reality and our physiology. I want you to visualize a day in your life as just one page in a book, the next page is always blank for you to write whatever you wish you are the main character in your book whatever happens in the following chapters you choose how you respond and ultimately how that page or chapter will read i challenge you to write each page with kindness and love for yourself and others and to fill it with adventures beyond your imagination to be open to opportunities and to remember that each day is a brand new page that is yours to write write something amazing for yourself take one last deep breath together in through the nose out through the mouth can't wait to see what you write have a good week I want to thank everyone for listening to Women Who Web 3. You can find us on the Coindesk Podcast Network or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Cam's. Leave five stars if you like this show. Thank you for learning and growing with us. You've been listening to Women Who Web 3 with host
1: Kamala Ancantera. This show has been produced and edited by Michelle Mousseau. Executive producer is Jared Schwartz. Our theme song is 20-something by Danielle Musto cams would love to hear from you you could reach out to her at cams k-a-m-z at womenwhoweb3.com or podcasts at coindesk.com subject line women who web 3. thanks for listening